everybody and welcome to the Cross Numbers podcast. I'm Kaylee. I'm filling in for Ruth today. And this is Chase. Hey. Josiah. What's up? And today we have Toby with us. The old guy. <laughs> yes. I'm, we're super excited you to have it, you. We didn't. You're thinking it. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know who Toby is, he is our legacy and founding pastor of Cross Timbers, but he is also the founder of Vigobi. If you want to talk about that, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> great transition, Kate. <laughs> Uh, Tell us about Be a Gobi. Yeah. Gobi Ministries is uh, an organization that is designed to help parents connect God's power to the very real issues kids are facing with anxiety, panic, and generally being overwhelmed by life. So we have about 40 tools. We have two. Actually, now we have, my goodness, we just released, we had two books. We just released two journals that we're very excited about. So we have all kinds of tools to help parents who are wondering how in the world can they help their kids who are battling. Mm. That's good. More importantly, why Toby's here today is because he's a major TikTok influencer as well, which is what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) And so we're going to get tips and tricks on how to gain more followers and get really popular on TikTok, right, Toby? Yeah, one, the first thing would be do not ever wear the shirt that you're wearing today. <laughs> there it is. There we go. There it is. <laughs> I asked him if they Listen, sold men's shirts where he got that. See, it's, it's a cool bear with, you know, a little forest and rain, waterfall, whatever. It's fine. Looks like a tourist. And Saturn. And, and Saturn's and out there, yeah. So it's well fine. It's fine. Actually, today we are talking about social media, aren't we? Yeah, we, we are. are. Which I imagine, Toby, I imagine that a lot of the work that you're doing, talking about mental health, especially with kids, social media has a huge role to play in the anxiety that this next generation is experiencing. Have you seen that to be true? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the studies are coming out. This will be the next. I'm way too old for you guys to remember this, but cigarettes, you know, when tobacco was coming out and they started targeting kids and Mm -hmm. basically spent gazillions of dollars trying to convince people that it wasn't unhealthy for kids. Mm -hmm. So this round, I think we're going to see in the next 10, 15 years, we're going to see, because the studies are showing that social media, the effect on what I would call unregulated, unfiltered input, you know, of social media, Mm -hmm. which is the key, by the way, it's not going away. The internet is real. Social media will be here. And so figuring out how to regulate your input, just like you would with anything else. So it's like we look back now on just how crazy that is that cigarette companies targeted kids and how obviously unhealthy it is now. Mm -hmm. Are we going to get to a place where we look back and go, I can't believe how much we allowed our kids on social media in this generation? Oh, I think 100%. Yeah. Even some of the debates in our government take out the political side the reason that they are getting involved is because when parents don't know what to do, they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'll go to extremes that just quite honestly don't work. Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to erase all that from your phone. Well, they, kids find workarounds. And I think the answer, I mean, we're getting right into it, right? But I mean, the answer is let's, let's figure out what healthy boundaries are going to be. Realize that taking it away from kids is not realistic, but there are some healthy boundaries that we can, begin to build and teach our kids how to think about social media, just like you would think about, I mean, you're not going to give your kids all the cupcakes they want, 
Right. Why? Because it's not healthy. Right. And so you're you're not going to toss your 14-year-old the keys because yeah. they're not ready for that kind of responsibility. And so I think we have to think about social media in the same way. It's not the big evil thing. If we learn some tips and some tricks in how we don't let the algorithms control us, but we begin to control the algorithms. That's my yeah. huge thing. Yeah. Chase, are your kids, like me and you both have young kids, mm-hmm. are your kids into watching anything like iPads and all that right now? So we have barely scratched the surface of the tablet, but yeah. it's only, we reserve it only for long road trips. Right. And it's usually some saved shows that we'll put on there or there's like little coloring games or whatever. But what I've noticed with Daisy, who's five, is older kids she's around, they're mimicking or watching things on their phones or their tablets or whatever. And so she doesn't watch YouTube. Like she doesn't have access to that stuff. But she does this thing now where she pretends that she's recording like a vlog <laughs> and she'll just talk about whatever. And it's so weird because she's never she's never watched that, not with yeah, us. Yeah. But I know like she's around other kids and yeah. They pretend to do that stuff or just even in the, in the, the church world, like she's got middle schoolers and high schoolers who who know her and watch her when they come babysit or whatever. And so I just, I think some of that influence is there even without her seeing any of that. And yeah. I think like Tobe said, you know, the difference between a smoking example and this is there are some good things that can happen in social media. Do you need it? No, probably half a percent of the world needs social media, which would be Kaylee because it's her job. But the rest of us don't need it. But I do think there can be some opportunities. I don't know if I'd say benefits, but opportunities for social media to be a good thing. And that's what I think we're going to talk about that today of kind of what that looks like. Because with Daisy, she's going to be influenced even if she never has it. And so there's got to be some boundaries. There's got to be some, I think, just open communication about what they're seeing. But Daisy is our oldest. She's only five. And so you've got Owen, who's a first grader, right? Yeah, first grader, soon to be second grader, and he's seven. And he's really into watching gaming on mm-hmm. YouTube. So oh, like yeah. he'll, so he'll watch somebody else play Minecraft. That's Gideon, my grandson, yeah. same way. And That's it, huge, too. It, it's huge. Yeah. And so now he's saying he wants to be a YouTuber when he grows up because <laughs> all they do is game, you know, which he thinks is just awesome. We do notice, I, I don't know if anybody watching, like with young kids, their attitudes are worse when they've watched something on YouTube. Mm-hmm. If we let them for 30, 45 minutes watch YouTube kids or even just watching Peppa Pig on YouTube or mm-hmm. something, it's such an easy answer for us, which is what we have to guard against, is it's so easy for us to go, okay, we need to check out for a second, watch something on the tablet, mm-hmm. you know? And really, so it becomes more of a battle for us and us having to be accountable to ourselves of, how much are we allowing this quote-unquote digital babysitter to watch our kids mm-hmm. while we check out for a little bit? And that's that's hard, man. When you got three kids, it's really tempting to just to let that happen, and it, it gets away from you because yeah. next thing you know, your kids have been watching something on a tablet or playing games for a couple hours, and it's like, crap, well, I'm not even being a good parent right now. So, And, and I think, too, the, that's as a parent, but we do this just as people, as adults, that— we get to that place. For us, it's like, oh, getting in bed at night, okay. And I'll catch myself and Serena both just sitting there, just doom scrolling. And it's not necessarily that it's bad, because I think Toby mentioned a great phrase I think we're going to talk about of how to train the algorithms that we're looking at. But it's the thing of like, how productive is this? And is this just 
something that's getting in the way of me doing something I, I should be doing. Yeah. You talked about accountability. Accountability is exhausting, yeah. you know, because it requires boundaries. It requires conversations. It requires us to say no to things that are easy, to say yes to things that are better. And I think in the social media world, though, what seems not harmless, but seems like, oh, it's just this screen. It's this thing I can turn off can easily turn into something that drives our entire life if we're not careful. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, Toby, from a wisdom standpoint, but being in the middle of using social media, I think you're a great example. You and Kaylee both, really. Kaylee from across Timber side, you from your personal, but also the Gobi side of how social media can be used for good and how can we protect ourselves from falling into the traps that social media leads us to. And so... Yeah, let's... Let me... I want to clarify. Social media isn't evil. It can be leveraged for good. It's a part of... A huge part of the story of how we've spread the word about what we're doing, Mm -hmm. unregulated, unfiltered, consistent, replacing it with parenting, as Joe says, those kind of things are dangerous. Mm -hmm. But my dad is 87. I'm pretty sure he doesn't know where this podcast is, so I can say (laughs) this. He can't walk into a room without picking up his phone and looking... He's not a social media guy. He's like, what's the latest score? Oh, Tobe, did you hear about some building that was burning in Chicago? <laughs> right? I mean, he and my mom both, they spend a lot of time on their iPads. They have 100 news mm. notifications that come on. Yeah. Well, that's unhealthy. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with keeping up with the news, but it's unhealthy when that becomes your stimulation. Yeah. That's the issue, right? Your kids, it's not unhealthy. For your kids, you go to a restaurant, Mike and I laugh, you look up, everybody in the restaurant, there's a family of four and nobody's talking to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all on their phones and iPads. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is now Scout doesn't learn how to be disciplined enough to sit in a restaurant, interact. Yeah. That's what the issue is. The issue is there are skills that we're trying to teach our kids right. that they're not resilient, man. And the reason they're not resilient is because... You have to have resistance to be resilient. And resistance is, I'm going to have to sit here and have a conversation with you. I'm going to have to not scream, not, you know, throw stuff all over the table. For a kid, (laughs) that's resistance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brene Brown talks about just the power of boredom with our kids and how we have to allow them to be bored sometimes because boredom a lot of times creates invention and creativity and gets them doing things that they may not normally do. And so, you know, allowing them every once in a while, hey, they don't have to constantly be entertained. They can be bored for 30 minutes. All of a sudden you look up and they're building something that's important or they're coloring or they're having a conversation or they come and connect with their parents. But all of that is breed out of boredom. And so you have to allow your kids to be bored sometimes, right? And it builds that resilience in them. (laughs) That's good. I have grown up with social media I mean, I can remember when Instagram like came out and all of that, but I was in junior high. So it's really been something that my generation has had for pretty much most of their life. I wouldn't say all of their life. And for me, it's really, I'm still learning like how to have boundaries with it. Mm -hmm. And even like you said, you know, your kids sometimes can't, like you need to let them get bored because it sparks creativity. I think for me, like, Trevor and I, whenever we were on our honeymoon, we deleted all social media. And for like the first couple of days, we were just like, so, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what do we do? And 
And um, but it did for me. Wait, wait. I think Trevor probably had some ideas. But for me, it did help me in a creative aspect, just because. I was able to really take in what was going on around me. There were a few moments we would just sit and not talk and just observe what was happening around us. Mm -hmm. And I remember like sitting there and thinking like, I have not done this in a very long time where I just sit and we're not talking. We're not on our phones. We're just observing what's happening around us and people watching. And I was noticing things that I wouldn't have noticed if I was on my phone. And I love social media. Obviously, it's my job. And I think that there's a lot of power and good in social media. But for me, it really is a struggle, like figuring out how to have those boundaries and when to turn it off and when to, it's my job. So I need to keep up with the trends and Mm. all of that. So I think I have to be careful of why I'm looking at social media or why I'm allowing my kids to be on a tablet of some sort. And if it ever goes back to my desire to just kind of numb out and check out, Mm -hmm. that's something I have to pay attention to. I have a personality that enjoys numbing out in an unhealthy way. I think everybody does on some level. But whenever I'm using social media just to like really disengage with my family, I have to pay attention to that and go, man, why am I not wanting to be connected to who's around me right now and being present. And the same goes for my kids. You know, why am I allowing them to be on a tablet right now? Is it because they've been great and they need to be entertained for 30 minutes or 45 minutes? Or is it because like I'm being lazy and I don't want a parent right now? And so I think just paying attention to what is the reason behind what you're doing is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kaylee's asking the question, really helping all of us. Like, how do we, like, what are some of those tips and tricks to use the word unregulated, how do we regulate our social media usage? Mm-hmm. What has worked for y'all? Like all of us, I'm sure we've done really well at this sometimes. We've done really bad. Mm-hmm. When you're in a good season, you feel like you're in a healthy place. And I think what we're going to see is as we talk about these things, they carry over not just social media, but other areas of our life too. But what are some healthy ways that you regulate with social media, regulate your time as far as looking and scrolling and everything that comes with social media? Hmm. Yeah, the word is intentionality, right? The word is you were intentional on your honeymoon. We're gonna we're gonna get off social media mm-hmm. so we can connect with one another in deeper ways than mm-hmm. normal. Well, so you were healthy in that season because you were intentional. And so not in the heat of the moment. In another time, I think couples or individuals sit down and say, Man, I'm gonna build some guidelines, some curbs. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be on social media more than this much a day. Right. Here are the times I am, and here are the times I'm not. This is my opinion. But I think it's really dumb to tell your kid he's never going to watch YouTube. Mm-hmm. A better way to teach them how to begin to regulate themselves is, here's how much time you get, whatever your choice is, and they get to join in with you in deciding how and when mm-hmm. they use that time. Mm-hmm. And so it starts with the intentionality of, Big picture, what is a healthy amount of time for me to spend on social media? And then everything flows from that. Yeah, that's good. How's that work for you, Joe? (laughs) Well, and can I point out too with you, I know you had social media for a little bit and then you got off social media and then you've gotten kind of back onto social media. How has like this kind of time around like been different for you than previous seasons of your life when you were engaged with it? So I did not have any social media for... It was probably two years, maybe three years of my life. And then just recently, probably about, 
I don't know when did I get when did I get Instagram? Maybe a year ago. Yeah. I just got Instagram again, and it was kind of my second time around in my life to have social media. And so, as Toby said, one of the things that I'm always watching for is like how often am I checking social media? I try really hard not to be super engaged with it until maybe I have some downtime in the evening. If I'm not spending time with Alex or the kids, then it might be an appropriate time for me to log in and kind of see what's going on. For me personally, and this is just my rule of thumb, is I kind of have a rule that I stay home, okay? And so what I mean by that is I don't doom scroll. I don't get on Explorer on Instagram Mm. to where I'll just start scrolling through I don't do TikTok very much um, just because it's, I don't understand it. And so <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. Dude. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it's, get, it'll suck I you I don't in. even know what I'm looking at when I pull it up. It's a little bit crazy for me. So Instagram, when I get on Instagram, like I don't go to the Explorer. I only stay at home. So I check my notifications, see if I have any messages from people like from the church or friends. Somebody might tag me something in a funny video or whatever. I'll check that, and that's the extent of my social media use. And so that's one way that I kind of limit how much I'm on there is I'm not just getting on and looking through all the videos and all the pictures. And I'll check on, when I stay at home, who am I following? So if if I'm following them, then I want to see what's going on, right? I'll check and see what everybody's saying that I'm following their stories and their posts, but I stay home. I stay at home. And so that doesn't fly for everybody. Like Alex loves getting on TikTok and watching all the, she's always sending me all the crazy videos and, <laughs> you know, just ridiculous stuff. But for me personally, that's been a good rule of thumb that's limited my social media use. And it's also like just being real as a guy, like it's protected me too. Mm. You know, it's kept me from going down rabbit holes that that I don't need to go down and yeah. seeing things that I don't need to see because there's a lot of junk on social media that I don't need to be a part of and I don't need to scroll past. So that's good. Outside of those kind of time constraints or rhythms of the day for me, I think it's even just checking in with when I'm seeing stuff. Like I've got a couple of buddies who they always send me like funny videos and it's everything from funny moments that happen in sports to just goofy songs or whatever. There's this trend of like funny Gen Z worship songs that Kaylee, <laughs> Kaylee hates. She's the, oh those are God. so dumb, but Alex they're so funny to me. funny one the other day. It, Kaylee won't like... think it's funny, so don't send it to her. <laughs> but I kind of check in with myself. Like, Tobe, you said, for me, the new stuff, like I don't want to ignore the news, but everyone else's reaction to it or their conspiracy behind it or their thoughts behind it that's not news, it's more opinion. I start noticing feelings within myself that, One, I can't do anything with, whether it's anger, whether it's just kind of that deep sorrow and really like not in a way that where I can't be compassionate, but in a way that is not based off fact. It's just someone's opinion or thought of, well, this happened because they did this and that. And that's what when I've recognized, okay, it's time for me to just close out everything, get off because it's going to stir up a feeling in me that is not really based off of a truth and that I can't go and be productive with. Social media, once again, it's it's a form of entertainment. So if I'm going to choose to be entertained by something, I would hope that it's, for me, at least something funny or something helpful. Like I love following all the the cooking and the smoking guys, you know, and they're showing you how to, you know, slice up a brisket and look what I made here. And that stuff's fun. And you can even go try it yourself. But I just recognize when I start getting those negative emotions and feelings, and yeah. it's, and I think we're, we should talk about this next when I engage with those too long and then they start showing up more, which is what the algorithm does, 
that is a place where it becomes a trap to open one of those apps. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just going to make me mad. It's going to make me depressed. It's going to make me feel something that will end up ruining the rest of my day. And it's not something that's actually helpful. It's not, can be the excuse of, oh, well, now I know more and I know how to pray better. Yeah, right. Like, it, it's not really helping me. Right. And I think what's interesting, and Toby used the word earlier about a tool, like social media, it really is a tool. People post things and post content that can be bad, can be unhealthy. But so far, social media is a tool that you can train. Mm-hmm. You can train your algorithm to show you the things that you want to see. Right. And you can do things to get the stuff that does pop up off of your feed. Right. And I think that's something that in the beginning of using social media, I, I don't know if those tools were super clear or not, but like TikTok, like TikTok has has some great stuff. Toby, we talked about with you, like that's a huge base of your followers, really. Like TikTok's, I think it's probably your biggest channel, really, which is awesome. But at the same time, TikTok is a rabbit hole. Like there are so, there's so much stuff that can come at you on all the social medias, but TikTok just has this different format about it. But what I found, thanks to to Kaylee and some other friends, there's a button that says, you can say, not interested. Don't show me that. You can block things. You can heart and favorite and like other things. And now, like when you go to my feed, it's a bunch of church stuff. It's a bunch of food. It's a bunch of goofy dad jokes that no one else is gonna find funny, but probably dads. But what's interesting is when you first log into TikTok and a lot of social media, and you put your profile, you put your mail, Mm -hmm. you put your between 25 and 34, it does spit certain content at you. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have to, just like anything in your life, train the algorithm, getting off the phone for a second, looking at your personal life. If you know there's times in your day when you you get to a place of unhealth or you get tired, you get to a a point where you feel tempted with whatever your thing is, train your algorithm, train your schedule, train your body, figure out how to put those boundaries in place to help you avoid those pitfalls. And just outside of social media, because none of us are probably experts except maybe Kaylee, but like how have you trained yourself and your disciplines to help you avoid those unhealthy moments or those unhealthy habits in your life? Yeah, well, I always look for, I always have to be really aware of when I'm tired. Mm. And that's when sin starts to creep into my life is when I get really tired. And so with social media, this isn't just with social media. This is with everything. Like one of the things that I do is I don't take my phone to bed. Mm. And so I actually plug my phone in, you're going to laugh, but in the garage, I know it's, (laughs) we only have one charger and it's connected to this big charger that's sitting in my gym. And Can I buy you a charger? Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) It gets so hot. It works. No, it works out perfect because every night I go and I plug my phone in the garage and I shut the door and I lock it up and, you know, you don't have to put your phone in the garage. That's a little weird, but um, I don't. Just just a little. Just just a little. I don't take my phone to bed with me. Mm And that is really helpful because, you know, it's kind of like, when is everybody doom scrolling or looking at something they shouldn't be looking at? It's usually when they're laying in bed at night, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're tired. And so just in general, I have to be really aware when I am exhausted. Even when I'm having conversations with like Alex, there's been so many times where I've gone, hey, we can't have this conversation right now because I'm just, I'm really exhausted Mm -hmm. and like, this isn't going to be productive. And so being aware of that has been helpful for me. What about you, Tobe? I think, uh, and Kaylee, you and I could, we talk about this all the time, right? Mm -hmm. The simple answer is where we've gone and here's the danger of it. You have to regulate your time. I think you have to understand 
a couple of things. One, you have to understand the world where they get their information, not entertainment, but information. Mm-hmm. Uh, the innovations on Instagram and on TikTok that always infiltrates one and begins to go through a mall. I mean, this is going to be much more in the future than just funny videos or entertainment mm-hmm. or a, a chance to make moral choices. This is going to be a way that information to our parents that they got through the cable, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> right? they're going to get here and there's going to be interaction happening. Oh, yeah. And so understand that. Understand, too, these algorithms are smarter than you, Joe. You can say, I'm not going to go to the Discover page. They will find you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, you know, the rabbit holes I go down are cooking videos, mm-hmm. airline status videos. I mean, stuff that I'm living in. Mm-hmm. So I try to once a week go in and beat the algorithm. And on Instagram, it's the three little dots. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop and go, well, that's not immoral, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't make me feel good. It, mm-hmm. it makes me mad at somebody. What's that the three dots? There's three dots in the top right that you oh, can hit yeah. on any post. And you can say, hide this ad, which oh. is something nobody wants to talk about, yeah. is buying stuff you don't need with money you don't have because you saw it on Instagram. You saw it on TikTok or Instagram. So you can hide the ad. You can say, don't show me videos like this, or you can block the site, Mm -hmm. right? And so once Mm -hmm. a week, I try to beat the algorithm by doing that. And I believe, this is just me, Kaylee, I think TikTok's even better at it than anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned this from SIP a long time ago. It's like, they're going to keep coming at you. And so you got to go in there regularly, Mm -hmm. at least once a week, and it's a different thing on TikTok. It's what Chase was saying. You hit at the bottom and say not interested. And what it says is we will not send you any more videos of this type. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you hit enough of people giving you conspiracy theories, <laughs> they're not gonna they won't send you those. Yeah. But then they'll come at you with something else. Mm-hmm. It's testing you. We have to understand Instagram. <laughs> okay. So I have a channel on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about what this is later, yeah. Josiah. <laughs> <laughs> It's called Daily Dose of Hope. And the design behind it is, is when you get up in the morning, you're going to get a 30-second little video from me saying, hey, if you're struggling today, I just want to encourage you in this. Mm-hmm. Some Today it was about if you feel alone, mm-hmm. what do you do? And I don't know how many hundreds of people that we have that have subscribed to that channel. Well, that's a good thing. I can give hope to people who want it. Mm-hmm. If you were just on Instagram, like we have some people that have gotten Instagram just because of that, because <laughs> they want to get that daily dose of hope. Mm-hmm. So you find those things and you beat the algorithms and the intention behind it by being very intentional about what you don't follow, what you do follow. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, Chase and Joe, both of you as young dads, this is where you're going to have success with your kids. Mm. The internet's evil. Social media is evil. You're not having this. <laughs> Don't do this. As opposed to, hey, man, we're going to teach you. You're not going to let that thing beat you. You're stronger than that. Right. So let's yeah. learn. Let's That's teach good. our kids how to do those things, how to put those kind of channels mm. age appropriate for these kids. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, how you turn the generation. Kaylee, am I right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, actually just recently had to take like a big step back from – social media in my personal life, just because planning a wedding 
and I was on all the wedding talk and my whole Instagram was wedding things. And I was just constantly like comparing my wedding that I was planning to these weddings. And it's like, you know, some of the videos are a little bit helpful. It's here's how I save $5,000 at my wedding. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I need to save money for my wedding. Um, But then you just are constantly just, at least for me, and, and maybe it's because I'm a girl too, but comparing myself and in this case, my wedding to what is being shown on TikTok. So a month before my wedding, I just logged out because I was like, I can't do this. It's giving me actually anxiety because Mm -hmm. I am thinking of all these things of, oh, I should have this at my wedding. I should have this at my wedding. And whenever you're planning a wedding, it's already stressful enough and Mm -hmm. you don't need to have all of these extra videos and information Mm -hmm. being thrown at you. And I think that's (laughs) true with anything, not just a wedding, but even after that now, like I have not really been getting on TikTok very Mm. much just because I realized that I couldn't control, I guess, myself to beat the algorithm. And so I, for me, was like, you know what, I'm going to take a step back. And I'm still on, obviously, social media for my job and everything like that. And I still am caught up with the trends. But Mm. sometimes it does mean just taking a step back so that you can refocus your brain and all the things. And let me say this, Mm -hmm. my observation, the girl that runs our social media Mm -hmm. for Gobi that lives in LA, Mm -hmm. you, I could name five people that do this for a living. They're on social media less than the general population. Mm -hmm. The one thing I've heard from every one of them is, hey man, no, I don't get on there every day. I, you know, they schedule a lot of the things we do ahead of time. Mm Because they've been in it for so long, they're much more wise, I think, about their use of it, more aware of it than we are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so you have this tip of hitting those three little dots or not interested on TikTok. The other thing you can do if you were, if we're talking just about the low cookies on the shelf that are mm-hmm. very practical is like on TikTok, what I did was I made categories. You know, you can save and put it in a category. So I have inspiration. I have cooking. I have... Uh, tech hacks that help me because I need help, (laughs) as you know, Chase. And I have miscellaneous hacks. I can't remember. I've got like about eight. Well, if it doesn't fit in one of those categories, if I don't want to hit it and save it, then I probably don't need to be watching it. Mm -hmm. And so then it's not just an emotive decision at the moment. It's like, oh, that didn't fit one of those categories. I'm not interested. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, you you mentioned being on wedding talk, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a phrase for the algorithm begins to put you on sort of a stream of mm-hmm. a certain type of video. Mm-hmm. There's wedding talk, there's food talk, there's scary talk where you just get dumb, scary stories or whatever. And, <laughs> but what I love about that phrase... Like your shirt is kind of scary. Yeah, super scary, <laughs> scary bear. But like what I love about that phrase though is is because outside of social media and our real life world that we live in, it is easy for us to say like, oh, well, I just got on this, you know, for you it was like wedding talk. Like, I got into this pattern of doing this thing. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said. Like you got to a place where it was so not helpful and, and maybe it didn't get hurtful, but mm-hmm. it it was not helping you at all. It was stirring things up inside of you that you didn't want to feel. It was making you get stuck in a comparison trap. And so you just got out of it. Mm-hmm. And like in life, when you get into a pattern, you don't just trip into doing, you know, becoming an, a criminal and something like there are things that you step in like you don't just all of a sudden become addicted to cocaine tomorrow because you stepped down a wrong alleyway like there are things that we do 
and patterns that we Did can he get say in. Cocaine? Yeah. I just I, I, there was a bear. There's well, a movie called Cocaine, cocaine bear, bear. I think yeah. it, there you go. But, but based like, on a true story. Based on is it really? Yeah, I'll talk about that later. But I, I'm just saying that like when you find yourself down a road, having made whether it's a hundred or one decision that you didn't want to make, pause mm-hmm. and say, okay, I don't want to get down this road. I don't want to to continue this pattern. I don't want to carry this tile around. I don't want to get stuck on this stream or this channel of info on social media. Like I'm going to take a step back. And and I think that's hard. And Kaylee, you talked about it, especially stress kind of led you there, but really what, what was it for you when you finally went to delete the app? Like, how did you do that? Like, how did you have the courage enough you press to take really that hard step? Like, on it? Oh, is that what you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think some people probably need to do that whether it's, you know, what they're listening to right now or whatever, like, how did you get yourself to that place to be able to do that? I think, honestly, I was just fed up. Mm. And so I mm. was just like, you know what? This is not helping me. And so I need to get out of it. And and I did have really bad FOMO, actually. Like, mm. at first, people at work are like, did you see this trend? And, you know, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not on social media right now. <laughs> What really led to it was I was just really fed up with everything. And like I said, I was a month out for planning my wedding and Mm -hmm. I wanted to really be intentional with focusing on that transition. And instead of like being intentional with focusing on that, I was scrolling. Mm -hmm. And so that's just really what led me to it was I knew that I wanted to prepare myself for marriage and that I cut out a lot of things that I knew were distracting me from being Mm -hmm. able to focus on that. I mean, ultimately, what we're talking about is guarding our heart, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of boils down whether it's with social media or anything else in your life. There requires some discipline to guard your heart because Scripture says, out of your heart comes a wellspring of life. And so a lot of the decisions we make and things that we meditate on and thoughts that we have and actions that we take and words that we say all come from what we are allowing inside of our heart. And we just have to be really intentional, is the word for today, about making sure that we are putting things that are good inside of us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's focusing on progress, not perfection, right? Mm-hmm. There are going to be seasons where you're not as intentional, but you have to come back to that. Yeah. And really, I just think, therefore, a man ought to examine himself in the context of your heart around connecting and communing with Jesus at communion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that principle is true in every aspect of your life. It's, man, why am I doing this? How is this making me feel? Is this getting me toward a place I want to be, or is it taking me down a road I don't want to go to? Mm-hmm. I just don't think we stop and ask those questions enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's really good. Yeah, because like Kaylee mentioned, a wedding is a big deal. It's a milestone moment, but we don't all always have a wedding we're planning for. And so in the routine, mundane cycle of life that we most often are living in, how do we do that? You talked about the, you know, not interested, kind of the the low cookies, but ultimately it's guarding your heart, guarding your mind, guarding your emotions, reflecting on where you're at and where you want to be. What does that look like really practically for you guys? Like how have you, like what things have you done? Because guard your heart, that's a obviously a biblical phrase. We say it a lot in church, but but what does that look like, especially in your situation right now of, of being the busy dad and the busy husband and, yeah. and leader? Like, how have you guarded your heart? What are things you do to do that? I'm going to pull another scripture on you. Philippians says, take every thought captive 
And that word captive is referring to a guard taking his spearhead and putting it up against somebody's throat and interrogating them and asking the question, what Toby was just saying, where did this come from and where is it going? And so I think that you just have to be, you have to make sure that you're asking that question on a regular basis. Whatever I'm experiencing in life, the answer is not to shut it out and live in, under a rock. And that's not what we want to teach our kids. The answer is how are we going to respond to all of the challenges that come in our life? And so I think that just taking some time to really dig in and figure out, is this healthy? Is this good? Um, why am I doing this? What is this going to do for me? What is this going to do to me? Those are the type of questions you got to ask yourself. And the better you get at asking those questions, the better you are at guarding your heart. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Tobe? As you've seen helping young people, whether it's a young parent, whether it's the Kayleys of the world, what would you tell someone in their 20s who is in the middle of everything that we're in the middle of? Like, how can they guard their heart? What have you seen work and not work? And what would you tell them today? Well, I think we always begin with what we ought to avoid as opposed to beginning with what we ought to be bringing in, mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of times we're much more successful. You know, my old line about if your whole life is about not eating chocolate cake, you're going to end up face first in a cake. Mm -hmm. But if it's about replacing chocolate cake with something better, mm -hmm. you're going to have more chance of success. The replacement kind of philosophy that says, what am I going to replace this time I'm taking off of social media? Mm -hmm. Joe said he was tired, and when he's tired, he's vulnerable. So when he gets tired, what is he going to replace social media with that's going to set his mind on things above, mm -hmm. uh, put him in a better place? I have a 30-year, as you know, battle with anxiety disorder. And if I've learned anything about this principle, it's you have to you have to redefine your triggers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, people always say, well, that triggers me. Well, yeah, when I'm tired or I get triggered in some area to go toward anxiety or panic, I can redefine that trigger to be, oh, I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to read yeah. this. I'm going to turn on this kind of <laughs> mental good. stimulation mm -hmm. that is good for me. Mm -hmm. And so I had a lady the other night that said that her child was basically, I was in Seattle, and this was a smart group of people that I was with, which, you know, scares me. And she was talking about her child basically was beginning to panic about panicking. And every time they would start to have a panic attack, it's like it was getting harder to pull them her back. Mm. And I said, well, help her see that when that starts in her, it is a trigger for her to do certain things that help calm her down. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And it was like this light went off for her said, instead of me giving you five ways to pull her back, I'm going to help you learn how to teach her to pull back. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I would have learned that if I wouldn't have been in this battle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to a fault many times, I'm too self-aware. Mm -hmm. You let it be a trigger that takes you to a good place, not a bad place. Mm -hmm. I think one of the another way to say what you're saying as well is, like, not focusing on what you want to change, but focusing on who you want to become. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I look at my life, who do I want to be? Well, I want to be somebody who works hard when I'm at work. And I want to be somebody who's engaged with my family when I'm at home. I want to be a reader, someone who reads. And so, mm -hmm. so I, I make sure that my evenings when I'm laying in bed, I'm reading. And when you start focusing on who you want to become, all of a sudden you don't have as much time to veg out on social media mm -hmm. as, as you might have had before. 
And so I think that's a really important principle to just, instead of thinking, okay, I want to change this, it's like, no, who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Philippians 4, 8 really says all of it. Paul writes here, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Yeah. He didn't say, hey, avoid all this, and because we could be there all day making that list. He says, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, both of y'all just kind of took that and made it practical, what that looks like of, of not focusing on the negative or focusing on all the ways to avoid the negative, but focus on the good things, the things that God has done. And I love what Paul writes there, like, as you focus on those things and fight to keep your focus on those things, the God of peace is with you. Peace is not avoiding the negative. Peace is doing your best to keep your eyes set on what is good because God is doing good things. That's probably the question you have to ask. Do you believe that? (laughs) Even when you are feeling anxious, when you are planning a wedding, when all you're seeing is negative, do you believe God's still doing good things? And if you can get yourself to a place of saying, yes, even just a shred of you saying, I hope so, then watch how continuing to focus on that, how God will bring peace. It is easier to hit not interested. It is easier to get off channel or social media page. Or it is easier to ask other people to surround you and to create community. Like all of a sudden your, your world around you begins to look different. And yeah. I think, like we said, there's great things that can come from social media, but really like this isn't the priority is to make social media great for us. Like that's not this conversation. I think the conversation is, and we come back to this a lot, is how do we love God and love people best? And if social media is a tool helping you do that, that's great. Mm -hmm. If it's not, then ask yourself the questions, guard your heart, do everything you guys just said and see how you're experienced, not just social media, but everything in your life can help you and spur you on to do those things of loving God and loving people, or if it's not, to be able to step away from them and keep your your mind focused on other things. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap up today, Chase. So that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming uh, on, Tobe. Yeah, thank you, Toby. I enjoyed being with you folks. Toby the Gobi. Check him out. Gobi Ministries. There you go. We'll see you next time here on the Cross Timbers Podcast. Bye.